What's going on guys? It's Nick here back with another video. It's Wednesday. It's time to take a look at the players I'd be trading for this week. There are three elite quarterbacks I'd be taking a look at right now. Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert. Jalen Hurts is first in expected fantasy points per game with 27 massive number and expected fantasy points he's third in actual so he's not going to be inexpensive but it's at only 21.7 he's expected to score 27 points per game one of the highest numbers we have seen at the quarterback position he is the single most underperforming quarterback in fantasy given his volume the volume is incredible they are just not producing inside of the red zone that is going to flip at some point this season they're going to go out there and score 35 points or more in like four straight weeks at some point this season. And if he had been actually dropping 27 per game, he'd be one of the most valuable players in all fantasy. That's not how it feels like right now. So if you can go after him, definitely do so. Joe Burrow probably shouldn't even need to go over this at this point. Second most underperforming quarterback in fantasy given his volume. He's also only the quarterback 26 in points per game right now, but is fourth in expected points per game over the last two weeks should be 100% recovered from the calf injury coming off of their bye next week. We should see this offense finally open up in week eight. We've been seeing it the last two weeks. He's been playing much, much better, clearly more healthy the last two weeks. We're really going to see them get going in week eight. And then Justin Herbert, uh, sixth most underperforming quarterback in fantasy right now, given his volume. He's second on the season with 26.7 expected points per game. He should also be doing fantastic. We've had the Mike Williams injury that's kind of slowed him down, but then also having, you know, no Austin Eckler at times. He's also got uh, the injury to his finger on the non-throwing hand. Like, there have been reasons to why he's not doing amazing, but it's Justin Herbert. He's going to be good this season. Also, the injury again, it's his non-throwing hand. That shouldn't be a long-term problem. And he's only averaged 197 passing yards per game over the last two weeks. Only three touchdowns, two interceptions. He's going to be very, very good this season. I promise you he's going to improve his numbers from what we've seen in the last two weeks. I would definitely target him. I have all three of them ranked as top five quarterbacks the rest of the season. And the big thing is that they all have very high weekly ceilings. That's something that can get overlooked at times when we think about, you know, streaming quarterback, right? Many of you are streaming, um, maybe you have like two kind of low-end quarterback ones, and you're like, this is fine. They're getting close to the same number of points per game as these top options. I can just roll with them. And honestly, that is fine. Like streaming is a totally fine option. But we do want ceiling once we get into the fantasy playoffs because there might just be a week where there are no streaming options. Both your quarterbacks are streaming, uh, you know, just don't have very good matchups. Um, there just aren't any options on free agency. And you're like, ooh, you know, during the season, you can kind of take that hit. You have to win out once you make the fantasy playoffs. And so that can open up some level of risk. But also, it's really good to have quarterbacks that are capable of 35, 40 points, right? It doesn't mean they're going to get there all the time or even get there at all during the season. But if they're capable of that and they can do that in the fantasy playoffs, that alone can carry you to the championship. And so if you can kind of buy low on players who have that ceiling that just haven't really been hitting it so far in the season, but we know it's there, it's just a good idea to be buying low on those players. Um, at running back, top option in my eyes is still Joe Mixon. I still believe that Mixon is a massive buy in fantasy right now. He is 10th in expected fantasy points, but first in percent of team expected fantasy points at the running back position is the only player with more than 82% of their team's red zone carries. He has 100%, but he only has one touchdown on the season. 
The rushing numbers aren't going to be good. I do not think Mixon will be efficient this season. I do not think his rushing numbers are going way up. But the receiving numbers will be there, especially starting with in Week 8 again when we finally get Joe Burrow fully healthy. The receiving numbers will be there. The rushing numbers will still be fine. I'll hover around like 50 or 60 per game. But it's the touchdowns. He hasn't been scoring the touchdowns even with all this volume inside the red zone. They're not going to be using these backups. They are not going to be benching Joe Mixon for Travion Williams, Chris Evans, uh, Chase Brown. Like These guys are not going to be getting a lot of touches, especially once they make it into the red zone. And when we think about the percent of team fantasy points, he is leading that metric. That is super important because right now they're not scoring a ton of fantasy points as a team because Joe Burrow's been injured, right? But he's going to be healthy after their bye. And he's going to be a lot healthier as we keep working our way through the season. That pie is going to grow. And so if Mixon has the largest share of the pie of any player in the NFL or any running back in the NFL right now, that's going to be awesome once the pie gets really, really big, which it will in a few weeks. I'd also trade for Alexander Madison. That's going to sound odd because a lot of people are saying to trade him away right now. But he's up to fifth now in expected fantasy points. And he had a massive lead over Cam Akers last week. That was my big concern was that, you know, they bring Cam Akers in. They gave up the least possible draft capital to get him. It was like a future round six, seven swap in like three years. It was literally as low of trade capital as you could possibly give up. But there was still potential that Akers would, you know, slowly steal more work. But as for Adam Levitan, uh, Madison outsnapped Akers 45-9. to nine. He ran 18 routes to Akers 2, had 25 opportunities to Akers 2. So Akers got some workload when they first traded for him, and then they really went heavy in Alexander Madison last week. Now, I don't think it should be happening. I disagree. I think Akers deserves a little bit more work. But the point is, they tried out Akers, and then they're like, you know what? Let's just feature Madison and Madison didn't have that good of a game, but the opportunities were there. 25 opportunities, ton of expected fantasy points. He's eventually going to start hitting when he does. You won't be able to get him. He's running back 20 right now, rest of season. So if you can get him for less than that, do it. We're not giving up running back one value to get him. But again, if someone doesn't view him that great, views him as more of a flex option, is scared of Cam Akers, I'd capitalize on that. Uh, Devonta Smith is someone I definitely go after at the wide receiver position. He is the second most underperforming wide receiver over the last two weeks, given his volume. He's had 16 targets over the last two weeks. He's only brought in six of them for 50 yards, and he hasn't scored since week two. But he's been a highly efficient wide receiver throughout his career. This catch rate he's seen, not only this season, but the last two weeks especially, is not going to continue long term. He's going to improve. The red zone struggle of the Eagles is going to improve. Uh, again, we've seen him have a few down games, but we've also seen historically. The Eagles know that, right? And they know their wide receivers can get a little bit frustrated at times. We saw this, you know, with A.J. Brown, with Dallas Goddard. Brown was not being used to start the season. Then he starts going off. Uh, Dallas Goddard was getting almost no volume. Then he starts going off. We're probably going to see the same thing with Devonta Smith. You know, this coaching staff knows that these players, I don't want to say have egos, but they want to produce. They want to be involved. And so we've seen historically when the Eagles have, you know, very low performances from their studs multiple weeks, they make a concerted effort to feed them the football after that to really get their confidence up. We've got a likely shootout in a week with no really great games, a likely shootout against Miami this week. I think Devonta Smith might go off in that game. Uh, definitely good to buy low on him before that happens. Brandon Ayuk coming off two, I don't want to say bad games, but two down games for him in a row. But he's got a 29% target share on the season. He has stat lines of 
8 for 129 and 2, 6 for 148, 4 for 58, and 4 for 76 in his four healthy games this season. He's my wide receiver 10 rest of season. He's got incredible matchups the next two weeks. He faces the Vikings, the Bengals. These should be high-scoring games. These are matchups where Ayuk could easily have 7 for 120 and a score, and especially when you look at it and you say Debo's banged up, McCaffrey's banged up. Who are they going to lean on? Brandon Ayuk. We could see two nukes from Ayuk. So he's someone that, you know, if you're trying to trade for a new wide receiver and you need production now, again, you're in that like two and four camp where you're like, I need someone to go off. I think Ayuk's going to have two really good games in a row. If you're looking for a slightly cheaper option, why not Puka Nakua? Like, yes, Cup is back. But that really just means Puka's not like a top three wide receiver anymore. He still has 18 targets in the two games since Cup's return. He played 100% of the snaps and 96% of the snaps over those two weeks. He's also 10th in expected fantasy points over those two weeks, and he just missed on a touchdown last week. Plus, the Rams are, you know, coming off of a rare low volume game for them. So if we think of expected points, 10th and expected points over the last two weeks, that means given how the game played out, he should be around 10th in fantasy. He's, you know, produced a little bit lower than we thought last week, but because of the missed touchdown, right? But what's factored into that expectation is that they only threw the ball 24 times last week. I mean, leading up to that week, Stafford attempted at worst 33 passes in a game this season. And so it's rare for this team to only throw the ball 24 times. It's because they jumped out to a lead. They knew that, you know, the Cardinals were probably not going to have a big comeback, so they played more conservatively. Kyron Williams really got going in the second half, and so it kind of makes sense that the volume was lower. But that's not going to happen most weeks. The running backs are also banged up. Kyron's going to miss time. Ronnie Rivers is going to miss time. So who knows who their top running back is going to be moving forward. They're going to throw the ball a lot. I mean, Puka is... Definitely a top 15 wide receiver rest of season. Could be a top 10 wide receiver rest of season. There are going to be plenty of weeks where Cup and Puka both drop nukes because they are the vast majority of the receiving targets, right? They just command so many targets each. They can both be top 10 wide receivers rest of season. I really think Puka can be a wide receiver run rest of season. I don't think a lot of people are going to view it like that. At tight end... There's not a whole lot to look at, but I would say Hawkinson is the top player to go after. Again, you want that differentiator if you're trying to make the playoffs, but then also win the championship after that. It'd be nice to not be streaming Janu Smith in the fantasy playoffs. That's fine for right now because he's producing, he's doing well. You know, these other tight ends aren't really going off. But when you make it to the fantasy playoffs, you're going to want that differentiator. Target share is definitely locked in, in the short term, so it's not like you're giving up anything right now. I mean, the short term target share is absolutely locked in. Still that chance that Jefferson doesn't return. I think he's going to, but still that chance that doesn't happen. Uh, he hasn't scored in four straight games. He's coming off, you know, some pretty mediocre performances in a row, only averaging over his last four games, five for 50, so not doing a ton. Uh, he's got a pretty difficult schedule coming up, but if you can make it to the fantasy playoffs, his fantasy schedule is elite. He's got two top five matchups right now. Who knows what the third one's going to be, but three games where... The Vikings could be in shootouts, uh, three games where we could see really good matchups for the tight end position, especially. But then also, again, if he's going to have like a 22% target share to close the season, then there are going to be games where Hawkinson has seven for 70 in a score, 
nine for 110. Like these games are coming from Hawkinson, especially while Jefferson is out. So coming off a few tough ones in a row, if you're looking for a tight end, I'd go after TJ Hawkinson. So those are my top options this week. If you want to see a few more, that's on my website, thefancefootballadvice.com. If you want to see a full breakdown of every single game this week, all the matchups, all positions, that's coming tomorrow. So make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on that. That'll do it for this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button, subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.